0: Creating cultural awareness and understanding. This is Culture Click. Culture Click is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Today on Culture Click, we meet the latest addition to the Winona State University Mass Communication Department, Professor Patrick Lichty. In addition to education, Lichty is also a contemporary artist and a digital activist. KQAL's MCMD sat down with Lichty to discuss his views on art, academics, and his involvement in the Yes Men, an activist group that has caused quite a stir over the years. Stick around as KQAL's MCMD helps us welcome Professor Patrick Lichty to our community, today on Culture Click. Okay,
1: one, two, three, four. How's my levels? Good. Good? Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining me. Not a problem. Glad to be here. (laughs) So uh, introduce yourself. Uh, My name is Patrick Cook. I'm one of the new uh, professors in uh, mass communication uh, here at Winona. And um, I have some very strange backgrounds, which I guess I think that um, we'll talk about here in the next couple minutes.
2: So your website bio, you have yourself listed as conceptual media artist, activist, curator, and educator which of these titles most resonate with you now versus 10 years ago well i'll tell you what i think that i'm much more of
1: an educator than i used to be um i first started out as an electrical engineer then about 10 years into that i i quit and basically started a design studio and contemporary art uh studio and to be perfectly honest uh that went about 15 years until really the, the graphic design market took a hit in the early 2000s. And I went back, went to graduate school, became an academic. And I've been an academic for about the last 15 last fifteen years. So I'll just say very quickly is that at first, really, I was looking at academia as something to really kind of support my contemporary, contemporary art and design uh, practice. But the thing is, is that, um, as time has gone on, really, um, I've I've really fallen in love much more with the idea with uh, with education, and I've um, really you know considered myself um, you know an educator, probably foremost at this point.
2: Nice. So compared to ten years ago, how does that identity from ten years ago transmute into today? Ooh, transmute—that's a great
1: word. Okay, good. I'm—I feel like this is like some sort of alchemy happening here. <laughs> so we're trying to get the philosopher's stone going. Um, let's see. Ten years ago, that would be 2011. Um, that was about the time I was running a a, a, a media theory um thread at uh, Columbia College Chicago and teaching basically teaching installation art, teaching machinima, the stuff that probably wind up doing here. So I think what's interesting about this is that the transmutation that has taken place from one way to another, I was very involved with performance art and media uh, intervention as well as design, but I think as my arc swung out through the United Arab Emirates, not Saudi Arabia, thank you, but... (laughs) that's okay. Um, What happens is, is that um, I, most of my positions have been very involved in uh, print and interactive design. So in other words, my, my practice was very much more around things like design, architecture, um, virtual reality, and um, how this relates to, you know, augmented reality, Virtual reality and artificial intelligence, and those were my areas of research out there. But the thing is, is how these things relate to design. Although I consider myself an artist as much as as a designer, but this is how things worked into this notion of you know of education and being kind of a cultural practitioner at large.
2: Mm. So take me through the the Lichty Hall of Fame of projects. What are a few that you're really proud? of? Oh my of? God! Okay, so
1: I've been I've been in what I'd call cultural production for about thirty years. In other words, it's that's a one way of saying that um, you know, not saying that I'm an artist curator or anything in general. Um, in my in around the two thousands, uh, I was involved in a couple activist groups groups for about 15 years. Uh, we were called Artmark from about 1996 um, to 2000 until um, we did a fake website um, called org, which was kind of a spoof of the World Trade Organization, which then rose to the uh, kind of um, me uh, corporate pro- hoaxters called uh, the Yes Men, which uh, um, I was with yeah i'm still kind of an adjunct but um you know m- mostly uh involved with uh for the from up to about 20 now uh, the, the the early teens and basically i wound up going out to arabia so it was really hard to work on projects out there um so we can talk about them in, in a little bit and then also the other thing is i was very involved in, um, you know, all forms of media art, I love this idea of how mediation, taking things f- outside of the digital and bringing it into the digital and seeing how it glitches and seeing how it falls apart and and um, recombines, uh, because there's always an error somewhere. There's always a glitch, and I always love seeing what happens with that and seeing how things transmutate as they go into the um into the mediated landscape. Um so in saying that, having done a lot of performance art and I, and actually I also do a lot of um work with um uh, robots and AI and drawing and performance and things like that. Um I started a performance art group called um Second Front that was uh started in 2006. Um we were a performance art group that um, did about 50 performances in the online virtual world Second Life, and uh, we're we're still around, but we haven't done anything for a couple years now. And the thing I thought was very interesting in regards to that was performance art was the idea of, you know, using the body as a medium and... Um, And I was very involved in theater for a long time. And the the thing that I thought was so fascinating about using virtual worlds for a uh, performance art area is what happens to performance art, something that's so dependent on the body, when you take the body out of it? I have an answer for that, actually. What okay. happens? Okay, what happens? <laughs> um, well, you know, the idea of affect, you know, the idea of still, you know, emotional engagement and that sort of thing. So say, for example, if you're in Second Life and you have a virtual gun and somebody, you know, you see somebody shoot you, shoot the other person with a virtual gun, you still flinch. You know, it's almost like um, there's a um, neuroscientist by the name of Vijay uh Ramachandran, who talks about this this thing called the mirror cortex, you know this thing that allows us to have empathy, so the thing is is that this is the thing how we play with dolls and even learn from each other, in other words, say for example, we sort of through the mirror cortex, we still we we copy each other and reconstruct what that other person is doing and so, in second life, I think that doing performance you know even as bizarre as it is we're still putting our pu- put ourselves in the place of our avatars and you know as an aside this is also you know kind of one of my reasons why um you know my my feelings that we we really connect with our avatars in a in a very real and direct way um, as a video game designer, um, I'm really not much, I'm not much for more than, um, um, uh, symbolic violence, you know, against, you know, other living, other living beings, because I've done some things like, um, uh, I've actually gone out and did a project where I went out to the Aleutian Islands, to the island of Adak, and I, I visited the, um, the, uh the minefields and the uh and the naval base where my father was uh was at you know while he was dying to and i did this project to kind of understand him understand him and by going out and seeing where he, he was in world war ii and and document doing a documentary of the place and then coming back and then sharing that with him so um as you're kind of you know, looking at all of these, you know, all these different things, as I, as I said, you know, basically documenting, mediating. Uh, lately, what I've been doing is, is that I just um, created a piece called uh, Confinement Spaces, is that I was under lockdown in Abu Dhabi. And to tell you the truth, it was it was driving me crazy. And um, I found actually there was an app called DisplayLand that allowed me to do 3D scans of the environment around me. And I just started doing it out of sheer boredom because uh, I was just going nuts. And so what was interesting about this is that I got these great glitched, you know, um, scans of like my, my apartment, the pool around my uh, apartment, the you know, the, the roundabouts. Because in the UAE, we have, we have roundabouts. We don't have intersections and um, just, um, you know, different areas that I actually got a commission to do this. And uh, um, I basically created um, – it's actually going to go online with uh, a group called um, – uh, a gallery called um, Nation 2.0, probably within the next, uh, the next month. But it's about um, – it's 12 spaces in, um, that you can access on the web <clears throat> using VR, using web vr and the thing is is that you can go through all these kind of fractured landscapes that i scanned and just kind of look at um um you know these these areas that i called confinement spaces in other words these these places that i was confined to but was able to go further and further out from my apartment then go into other states in the emirates and that sort of thing but these things were all iconic things like the i did a scan of the um of the plane that is um, featured in Nicolas Cage's movie Lord of War in other words like that you know you know that that russian uh, gunrunner's plane and that yeah. sort of thing that says it's off somewhere in some distant land well that's actually in the emirate of Uma Kuwait <laughs> and it's just this old russian you know uh, was Ilya uh, cargo plane that's starting to fall apart and um so that was one of the things that I wanted to catch before you know I, I came back and then the thing is I went to there's uh, there's actually the the famous clock tower in, in in Dubai and uh um I did a scan of the Louvre Abu Dhabi and um you know uh, several things in there and then you put these things together in kind of this kind of this guided tour of these spaces in which I was I was I was in lockdown and
2: you know so I'm very proud of that of of that piece were people generally receptive of the process of that um was there sort of were people confused about it did you have to explain to sort of bystanders why you were
1: um you mean what when I was scanning well you know what half the time there wasn't anybody there because everybody was in lockdown mm-hmm. right uh, the only thing that happened was that when I was at the – there's this neighborhood in, in Dubai called uh, Deira, where the clock tower is. Um, I was basically going around that for about an hour doing different scans of it. Um, cops were judiciously <laughs> at the side of the roundabout by saying, okay, what's this weirdo doing? Um, you know, he's like going around this – is is he a tourist? Is is he doing something weird? And it's like, you know, and I actually went over and I said, Hey guys, how are you doing? And uh they said, What are you doing? And I said, Well, I'm I'm just doing an art project for you know, Dubai Culture and uh I'm doing a scan of these things and um people will be able to look at these things, you know, on online and um you know they they make very interesting shapes and that sort of thing. Oh, that's really, that's really cool. Usually, uh, the Emiratis are really you know um, they're really receptive when you're uh, you know uh, appreciating the architecture, appreciating the culture, and you know. So the thing is is that if they know that you're um, not the wrong kind of weirdo, <laughs> you know they're um, you know you know they're. They're they're fine. They 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 love it when uh, you know people who are um, residents there. You know are are, are enjoying the place.
2: Nice. <laughs> so anyway, so tell me about the Yes Men and how are they saving the world? Oh uh, well, who knows where they're
1: saving the world? But uh, uh, they walk I, among us. Yes, they do. So um, so. And basically, as I, as I said, I, I was doing a lot of critical music videos back in the early 1990s with a visual sociologist friend of mine named John Epstein, who was still a very close friend of mine. And the thing is, we were very into this idea of virtual ethnography and virtual sociology and online culture. But the thing is, is online culture as we know it was just starting, you know, the World Wide Web was just starting, but a lot of this was cable TV and places like I'm gonna I'm gonna use some very old words Take like uh like Delphi and CompuServe and, you know, America Online and all these places, you know, that were sort of pre web spaces. And so what happens is that we were doing rock videos about these and then you know, the guy Two other guys who uh, started uh, ArtMark, of course, would become the s Men, and the guys who you see the most with the Yes Men, uh, um, Igor and Jacques, we met and said, "You know what? Those are some really interesting videos. You know why? Why don't you? Why don't you get together with us and let's let's do this thing?" So basically, what happened was um, we were ArtMark until something uh, something happened. Is that um, we started a um, uh, we started a corporate website for the World Trade Organization called GATT.org, which stood for the Global Agreement on Tariffs and Trade. And we looked like the uh, the World Trade Organization, but we weren't the World Trade <laughs> Organization. And um, I think it's probably best to say that, um, let's see, here. the folks who did American Movie did uh, uh, the first documentary about us. Um, and... So what was funny about that is that there was there were there were some interesting things. We we talked about some um we posed as certain corporations like um you know, we were the World Trade Organization, we were McDonald's, we but the thing is the World Trade Organization we just um we put forth some uh, kind of uh provocative ideas like um remote control of uh of of workforces through this this um, um, I don't know remote control suit, but I I think you really need to see the movie for that. Uh, I think it's best not to say much about that on on air. And then. Um, and the other thing is, is that we went to um, Plattsburgh College in New York to the, uh, and the thing is, is that people don't know it's us. They think we're the World Trade Organization. They think we're McDonald's. And so what happens is that we come in giving everybody cheeseburgers, and then we talk about the re- you know, recycling hamburgers using, um, you know, NASA stuff. But, you know, the thing is, is that liquid waste is. Recycled on the space station, but the things we talked about recycling solid waste, and I did some animations that uh, were rather graphic about that, <laughs> and so that got a little weird. Um, but the thing is, is that um, kind of what happens is, is that uh, um, you know this 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 sort of um, this sort of activism is is kind of an a absurdist poked corporate corporate culture, and the thing is is what we're doing is kind of like what Picasso was saying we're kind of like the uh telling lies that point at the truth um the thing is is that some people would say that you know maybe you know maybe they they agree or disagree with us, but the thing is is that um there was one project we did is that we um we did a um Uh, a fake New York Times that uh, put out 10,000 copies, took it out in in New York and gave it out, I think, in 2009. And across the top said, Iraq war ends. And saying, you know, $15 minimum wage, all these things. And so basically what happened is that we gave out the New York Times that we would like to see. So really what's going on here is that as opposed to creating fake news, we – Number one, mean to be um, found out, and then secondly, the thing is, is that the the people who we are having, you know, the good natured joke against, or maybe <laughs> pointed joke, you know, uh, with the thing is, is that well, if they disagree with us in the form of a loss or to something like that, well, that 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 serves our point. So the thing is, is that on one hand, is that. Uh, if they choose to um, um you know choose to uh um disagree with us in one way or another well then in in our opinion it it proves that they're the people who we say they are <laughs> so but um the thing is is i'd say that uh as i said i haven 't been that active and you know since i I'd, I'd been out in Arabia for obvious reasons but um you know what i've been seeing with uh um You know, Igor and Jacques—they have um, um, uh, a a a lab at uh, NYU called the uh, called the S Lab, and they've been doing fantastic work, um, facilitating activists who are doing this sort of thing, what they call tactical media. In other words, basically going out and doing absurdist kind of pranks that um, that basically draw attention to things. You know, which I think is. yeah, you know, awareness is is essential, especially in these days.
2: So, as we've become more and more mediated, do you think that this sort of spoofing is easier, harder? How is? It, how do you think it's changed over time? Well, um,
1: I think it's become harder because of the uh, because of the fact that um, I think that things like um, I think that over a period of time you get recognized, and I think people get a little bit used to these sort of antics. And also the other thing is, is that uh, uh, sometimes I think that with fake news, uh, in these sort of tactics, you know, become, become um, kind of different, you know? And the thing is, is the fact that, you know, the fact is that some people say, oh, you know, you guys were doing fake news. No, actually we weren't. We meant to be found out. And the thing is, with, fa- with fake news is that it's supposed to suggest an alter- alternate reality. And, um, you know, and this is something that, you know, we, we definitely, weren't, definitely weren't intending. So, and I'm kind of sidestepping the notion
2: of fake, eh, fake news for the moment, <laughs> 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 for obvious reasons. Wisely done. Who is Gilda, the golden skeleton? And can you maybe introduce me?
1: Oh my! Well, I don't know if I can introduce you. I think she's probably in, in some closet somewhere in New York. But uh, um, so, what we wound up doing is, um, as the Yes Men, we had a we had a a little campaign where we were representing uh, Dow Chemical for a couple of different things. Is that uh, we had a, a series of interventions uh, that were based around the twentieth anniversary of the accident in Bhopal, where um, Dow Carbide emitted um a huge cloud of, a cloud of gas killing thousands uh, killing and injuring thousands of Indians and which actually uh, union Carbide said that uh well actually they were bought by Dow. And they said well you know what five hundred dollars you know a person is is enough for them we we disagreed so actually we brought out this um project called DowEthics.com, And it did two things. Uh, One, we announced uh, on the 20th anniversary that as we as, quote, Dow Chemical, we were selling Union Carbide for $12 billion and giving that back to the people of Bhopal, which um, the BBC World um, bought. And we were on the air for a couple of hours and then went back home. And then the phone calls started coming as, are you really part of... Dow chemical and this is, could you tell? <laughs> and so another part of this was um, we we created this uh, program called the Acceptable uh, Risk Calculator. So basically what it was is that, and Gilda was our, our spokesperson who was this golden skeleton that was supposed to be in the corporate closet. And so what happens is that you could go online and you could say okay what 's the profit what's the loss what's the possible loss of life and and that sort of thing and basically really what's it it suggested the idea of looking at the loss of um, of a a corporate action, the potential loss of life, um, the potential loss of profit and the potential loss of um, of of um popular sentiment and the thing is is that if you think about that in many ways these are hard, these are hard realities of of some areas in in corporate activity but the thing is is that um really what happens is that um this was a you know hard self assessment at you know how how corporations um you know um assess them them assess themselves as world's you know stewards of the world and um you know what we were kind of looking at is that we we took this to a um a trade conference and people actually asked whether they could buy this and the thing is is that whether they wanted to have licenses to a sort of program that um somehow did a calculus of the loss of life for profit um, was utterly shocking to us. And um, I don't know. I mean, the thing that I'd say is that are the yes-men saving the world? Um, I think what happens is that, um, you know, in on the world stage, especially, you know, in, in especially in, in recent years, I think what happens is is that we as human beings um, are at a place in time in which uh, we are really kind of the masters of our own fate, and we have to really um, be intentional about our purposes and um, you know how we're going to treat one another as as people, and um, you know how we're going to continue as a species.
0: You're listening to MCMD with the latest addition to the Mass Communication Department at Winona State University, Professor Patrick Lichty on Culture Click.
2: So the way I kind of read it is, you're saying, look at him and laugh. You know, look at them and laugh. But the big thing is, look at them.
1: Yeah, is that um, you know, basically what's what's happening is that we are. Um, you know, we, we are telling the most po- pointed sort of joke. Um, you know, in other words, the you know the joke that, that points at the truth. But the issue is that, um, yeah. And then, the matter is is that you know the these are jokes that's, that speak to power. And then the thing is is that if power uh, doesn't laugh along, then that's that begs a, that begs a conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and if you look at, you know, like medieval times, you know, the, the jester, the trickster, was always the person, you know, who was probably one of the most powerful people in court, you know. And if you look at also, you know, historically, Jonathan Swift, who wrote, you know, A Modest Proposal, you know, who was criticizing the, the treatment of the Irish, you know, during the famine by the British you know these are these are some powerful gestures and so what happens is, is that sometimes i'd say the greatest activism is possibly through laughter hmm <laughs> depending point. on where you're pointing your joke
2: yeah so you've sort of taken us on a whiplash flight throughout your life so sure. give me your last five places of residency and then, ending with Winona, gave me your little Yelp review. Oh, man.
1: Area. Okay.
2: So, um, let, me,
1: let me go back. Um, wow, that's, that's interesting. Okay. I'd say, hmm, probably the most interesting was, uh, I'll just say that I was born in Akron, Ohio, um, Land of Devo which is kind of frames things a bit. Um I'd say let me go back to about 2000 cuz I was living between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. And then after that I went to graduate school up at Bowling Green where actually my good colleague and friend Dev, uh, Devin Hackman in the uh, in, in in the program he also went to but mm. we were in different programs. Um I was in Chicago for quite some time and then um up until about 2013, and then did a couple years in Milwaukee. Um, and I'll just say, as an aside, in the 19 in the ni- early 1990s, I lived in the Twin Cities for a few years. So, but that just saying, I'm not a stranger to the area. Mm-hmm. And then after that, five years in the UAE, in various states: Sharjah, Dubai, and Abu Dhabi. And then I'm back to being in Minnesota. Um so, Yelp review. Um I think that's a, I think I think that's unfair because what happens is that because of things being under lockdown and things being so different under under COVID at the moment. Um I think that when I'd say parts of Winona aren't Winona at the moment, you know, but the thing is is I think that um Minnesota Nice is still in Full in effect. In full effect, the welcome that I've had from my colleagues and that sort of thing has been fantastic. Um, I'm looking forward to being in a place that's green again. I'm looking forward to being on the lake. I'm looking forward to being on the river. Um, you know, uh, the cheese is always here. Uh, you know, that's that's the thing. In other words, what, what happened is is that, you know, I bounced around the world a lot. Actually, I was also in Central Asia a lot, well, I, in the summers and, and bounced around a lot, of, a lot of places like Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Georgia, Azerbaijan. You know, it's like been to a lot of places that, uh, you know, a lot of people basically almost can't point to on a map. But the thing is, is that really what my... Reasons for coming to Winona are the fact that I wanted to sit down and, you know, settle down into a program that I could help build with people like, you know, like Professor Mehmet and Professor Heckman and, you know, our great chair Tanya Ryan and, um, you know, everybody here at Winona. And for me to have, you know, really in a a bucolic university setting with my family, where you know really what happens is is that I can I can sit down and really have a, a beautiful time of life as an academic, which you know, um, you know, while still hopefully trying to maybe save the world a little bit.
2: <laughs> so you know, it's a, a part-time gig saving the world now.
1: You know what <laughs> I think? Trying to save the world is a is a full-time gig for all of us.
2: Mm. uh... so we're at week three of the semester yep um what is your conception of western students compared to students from the emirates thank you um
1: i was actually i'm actually teaching 172 uh, printed women i was talking to them about this the thing that I think is interesting is that, and I'm going to start sounding like an academic for a minute. This is, I hope, put on the monocle. I hope, yeah, it's like, um, excuse me, I'm going to talk like an academic just for a minute or two. Get the bubble pipe. Mm, that'd be good. Um, so, um, I think that, um, I, I think, I think that Arabia as a whole is a place that's um, understands where it is in in history and it's trying to undergo technological and social change on a generational scale i think what's going on here is that um they want to be part of an an, and much more part of an international culture um and they're and actually uh um they're doing it And, and the the Dubai Expo is has been uh postponed until 2021 which is going to be really kind of focusing on on the emirates as a as a one of the uh middle east um central points of uh of commerce and high tech and things like that and um so what i'm seeing is is that i'm seeing the emirates investing in their youth as you know, trying to help build the build the Middle East. The one thing is, is that I see things as being mixed. As uh, I only taught women, I was on the uh, I was on the women's campus, um, and I see just um, big differences between different families, uh, ones that are more traditional, less tra- traditional. And the thing is, is that one of the biggest cha- differences was teaching um, non-native speakers and. Arabic is pretty divergent from English. So, um and so what happens is, is that um you know I think that the women that I worked with were bright, eager to learn. They they know that they're part of the future of their country and so it was it was a pleasure working with them. The the one thing is is that um there were places in which um, they were excelling, and there were places where, um, you know, the the differences in culture and language um, honestly caused us, uh, you know, uh, caused us some, some difficulties. So, you know, but also on the other hand is that, you know, um, you know, just most women I worked with were just smart as whips, um, and that's fantastic. And then on the other hand is that I also find when I come over here and I'm working with um you know, the students in in Winona is that I find them uh, friendly, eager to learn. Um, And I think the thing that's common between both um, groups of students is, in other words, if I'm showing them something that's interesting and of the future and, you know, things they hadn't seen before, I think university students have this universal quality of curiosity and that's why we're here and this is one of the reasons why I love being I love being an academic so the thing is is that what I think was different you know there were sure there were cultural cultural differences um, but the thing is I think that there are much more similarities than there were differences because of the fact that you know my the women I worked with you know would uh, you know up come up to me and want to talk to me about Tarantino movies which is not exactly um what you would uh imagine um uh, you know somebody in a show coming up to me and saying oh hey it's like would would you like to talk about some of the gorier parts of Tarantino movies and I'm going like um maybe <laughs> in my office maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway you know but um they were cool they were, they were they were they were good to work with and the thing is so far the students i've been working with here have been you know it's been 3 weeks i've been here literally 10 days um you know have been great as well and the thing is is that uh what i'm really looking forward to is i'm looking forward to you know building a um a student community around you know the 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 um creative digital media program and that you know that hopefully we will be doing some really interesting stuff
2: uh, final question. Sure. So going back to the 20-year-old Ohio self, if Ooh. you could call that man and give him a bit of advice. Ah, I'd say um
1: your life is going to be nothing like you thought. I'd I'd, I'd probably say to listen to yourself a little bit more than um you th- than you thought um I would probably tell him to um not be so much into electrical engineering, maybe get a, get go into art and programming. You know, but the thing is is that I think I think I would have told myself to have a lot more confidence in myself back then, which I just didn't have. Um and I'd say, you know, you can you can do you can do what you want to do. And I think that's actually Really, with um, a little bit of patience and a little bit of focus, I think that's something that I can say to pretty much a lot of my students. And it's like may not be the way you see it, because I wanted to be in special effects in in, in the movie industry, um, you know, for in science fiction, you know, like Star Wars and Star Trek and things like that. But the thing is, is that I think I got something better, which I think is a lesson to me and something that I want to, you know give to my students because the fact is that you can have what you want but you may not get it the way that you thought you were going to get it and if you leave yourself open to possibility magic might happen nice very poignant final note (laughs) awesome (laughs) thanks so much for joining me okay cool thanks a
0: lot man appreciate it thanks again to professor patrick lichty for joining us today on culture click to learn more about Professor Lichty, visit Winonan.org. To keep up on all things Winona and the surrounding area, tune in to Click Thursdays at 12.30, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from KQAL's MCMD and Professor Patrick Lichty today on Culture Click. Creating cultural awareness and understanding. You've been listening to Culture Click. Support for Culture Click is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Culture Click is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. For more information, look us up on the web at kqal.org. And thanks for listening to Culture Click.